Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the One Ministries podcast. Brought to you by the One Ministries Church. I'm your host, Naron Tillman, pastor and founder of One Ministries, based in the vibrant city of New York. Our mission is to unite believers from all walks of life, backgrounds, and experiences to work together as one body with one mission and one purpose. Through this podcast, we aim to bring you inspiring messages, thought-provoking discussions, and practical insights that will help you grow in your faith, deepen your relationship with God, and live out your calling as a follower of Christ. Join us as we explore relevant topics, share personal stories, and interview guests who will inspire, challenge, and encourage you in your journey of faith. Our goal is to help you connect with God and others, discover your purpose, and make a positive impact in your community and beyond. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. This is the One Ministries Podcast, and we are excited to have you on this journey with us. When you're driving in a storm, it is very tempting to want to pull under the overpass and wait for the storm to pass because you don't want to get stuck in the middle of the storm. And so even right now in life, it is so easy to just want to pull over in the middle of the storm that we're in and you want to pull over and stop dreaming and stop believing and stop thinking that things can get better. But I want you to know that God did not build you to pull over, that you are storm proof because he's in the storm with you. So keep driving to that destination and I'll see you there. Let's go. That brought some friends with me and we will do this song for you. I got friends all over the place. It's gonna be beautiful. All the healthcare workers, all my brothers and sisters in the storm. Today's a new day, yeah, but there is no sunshine. And nothing but clouds, and it's dark in my heart, and it feels like a cold night. Today's a new day, yeah, but where are my blue skies? Where is the love? I almost gave 
to look up when you've been down. Sure would hate to see you give up now.
excited about what God is doing in your life and our lives. And it's another day's journey. And we're so glad. I need you to go with us in prayer as we go to the Lord this afternoon. Lord God, we thank you. Thank you for the people. For you are Alpha and Omega. You are the beginning and the ending. We thank you for healing. Thank you for prosperity. Now we pray that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart will be accepted in your sight. As we go to your word, let us go to your word that it might illuminate inside of us, bring us understanding, that it might teach us how that we should establish ourselves. I pray, thank God, and amen. We're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17, beginning at the seventh verse. But let's begin at the fourth verse. So Genesis 17 and 4. As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. Um, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. Okay. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings shall come out of you. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and the seed after thee in the generation for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto you and to your seed after. And I will give unto you and to thy seed after you, the land wherein you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. God said to Abraham now, you shall keep my commandments there and your seed after thee in their generations. And this is my covenant, this is my commandment, which you shall keep between me and you, and between thy seed and thy seed. Every child shall be circumcised, and it shall be a token of covenant between me and you. And he shall be circumcised among you. Every man child in your generation shall be born of the house, shall be brought with money of a stranger, which is not in thy seed. He that is born of the house, he shall be brought with money, must need be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. God said unto Abram, as for Sarah, your wife, thou shalt no longer call her Sarah, but Sarah, she shall be her name, and I will bless her and give her a son. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be the mother of many nations. And Abraham fell upon his face and laughed. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is. A hundred 
years old, and shall Sarah, that is 90, Lord God, bless the reading of your word in Jesus' name. Bless your word in Jesus' name. That's a question. 100 years old, can I have Sarah's 90? Can she be with child? So it is here. Last week we looked at after this story. We looked at Genesis chapter 20. For those of you who want to go back and see that, we looked at Genesis chapter 20 last week. This week we're looking at Genesis 17. And the contrast between chapter 17 and chapter 20 is that in chapter 20 we see that Abram sells Sarah again to a king, claiming that she was his sister. And here in 17, we see that God is very specific about what it is that he's going to do. One, I'm going to change your name. Two, I need Sarah and you to have this seed. There was no compromise in that. This is after he goes into Harris, Sarah's handmaiden and conceives a child with him, with her, Hagar, named Ishmael. So for the next two weeks, we're going to be in 17 because there's some, a few things that I want to unravel and unpack. Dealing with this divine contract or this divine covenant relationship. To go into covenant, the dispensationalists covered seven, what they would say was seven dispensations or seven covenantal moments that happened in the Old Testament. One being the Noahic covenant, where he says, I'll put a rainbow as a reminder, as a contract, as a reminder of the promise I made to you. Here is the Abrahamic covenant where he's making a covenant with Abraham concerning the seed and the promises that he would give Abraham after the seed is born. This covenant that he makes with Abraham is generational. He would make a covenant with Moses. He makes a covenant with David. If you look at the covenants closely, all of the covenants are overlapping. So where the dispensationalists teach that these covenants cut or ebb and flow or stop at a time or started a new process of time with the last covenant and then with Jesus, if you really look closely at the covenant two promises, they all overlap. They are central. They are divine. They are all really pointing to one highlighted covenant, which will be fully understood in Christ. It was generational, the covenant was eternal, and the covenant was divine. I'll say that again, the covenant that he makes or the contract that God makes with all that he goes into covenant relationship with is generational, meaning he's not just looking at where we are today. He looks at where we are today with an idea of where he's pressing us to be on tomorrow. Yeah, he looks at where we are 
today with an idea, with the knowledge base of where he's pressing for us to be tomorrow, not just from Tuesday to Wednesday, but because he is eternal, he goes far out into covenant contract. He goes far out. In this chapter, you'll see that this con contract things he's talking about 400 years from now, your family shall come back into the same land, the same space, and they shall be slaves because he's divine. He's not doing a contract like we do. When we do contracts, we make projections and we make threatenings and we make contingencies based upon rational knowledge or based upon imagination. Try to anticipate what could go wrong. Well, if you missed the payment, then there's a 5% penalty after X amount of days. And if this is spelled out correctly in a contract, everyone walks away knowing and understanding what it was that they're agreeing to. But in divine contracts, we don't, God doesn't have to use imagination and or hyperbole because he already knows. He knows the end before the beginning. And when we are looking at these contracts, we ought to be able to look at them, understanding that it is not man making a contract with man. This is God making a contract with humanity. So when man makes contract with men, make contract with men expecting one of the two parties to even cheat or one of the two parties to fail or one of the two parties to not come through. So they put in laws that will help govern the contract in case these same things happen. But in divine contracts, that's unnecessary because he's making a contract on his own repetition with um, some. Notice now what happens in the contract. This is my covenant, 17 verse 10, which you shall keep. This is my covenant. This is my contract that you shall keep. He doesn't come to Abram, acts in Abram. Do you think that you want to go into contract with me? Would you mind if we carry out this assignment together? Would you mind if we really work towards what it is that I'm thinking about doing, Abram? I need to get some stuff done and I want to work towards something. And I need your help. He doesn't go at it like that. He goes at it knowing exactly what he wants and how he's going to get it. He goes in knowing exactly what he wants and how he's going to go about getting it because he is divine. So that's the first thing that I want to point out is that when God goes into us, he doesn't go in needing us to verify that we are in contract together. I'll say that again. God goes into contract with us. He doesn't need us to verify that we are in contract together. God said to Abram, you shall keep my covenant. God says to me, God says to you, you shall keep my covenant. There's no compromise in this. I called you irresistibly. I called you unconditionally not based upon your abilities or inabilities, not based upon your desire, not based upon your looks, not based upon your possessions. I called you simply 
because I want to. When we go into divine contracts, we have to understand that the one that calls us is other than us. He is divine. He is holy. He transcends mindsets. He transcends time. He's above time. He's beyond the scope of our imagination. He is Oh man, he's God and he calls us into fellowship or he calls us to do an assignment, not for him, but that he might use us for his glory. He doesn't really need our hands, but he uses our hands. You understand what I'm saying? He doesn't really need our eyes, but he uses our eyes and he takes delight in using what it is that we bring to the table for his glory. When you start to look at what it is that Abram is bringing to the table, I'm just going to use Abram. I don't want to step on nobody's toes. Abram, as we see, is flawed. Abram, as we see, doesn't necessarily get it right all the time. Abram is human, and he's living out his human experiences. He's living out his humanness in front of our lives, and it is recorded for us to see that Abram is um, is making mistakes, Abram is living life, Abram is doing things that may not necessarily be of God, but he still doesn't <laughs> contract. Contract is not a no, contract is not forfeiting, contract is not a first out. God doesn't go back to the board and say, let me choose somebody else. Sarah goes along with Abram and Sarah gives herself to another man to be a husband, and she lays down, but she never has intercourse with the man because God had visions and plans for her womb, and he brings judgment on them because of the contract. He doesn't annihilate the contract. He's not accepting the baby that Haggai and Abram had. He's not accepting anything other than that which he has already spelled out, that which he has already envision that which he has already seen because he knows what's best. He's not accepting what we want to give him. He's only going to accept what he knows he's put inside of us because when we bring what we want to bring, we always bring with our limitations, but God has developed inside of us through the aid of the Holy Spirit that which he identifies with. We are one with him because of the spirit that dwells inside of us. We are joint heirs with him because of the spirit that dwells inside of us. We have a new DNA, we have a new mindset. We have a divine concept. That's why we pray so that we eradicate and to begin to kill that old us that continues to perpetually lift its head, continues to bring us into bad situations and bad relationships, make bad decisions because the divine with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nature that is now imputed inside of us to drag us to the victory that has already been promised. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but you have been promised that victory shall be yours. You're living out the fact that you're blessed. You're living out the fact that he has called you with a holy call. You're living out the fact that you shall not want. You're living out the fact that you are the head and not the tail. You're living out the fact that he walks with you and he talks with you. You're living this in real time, as he already knows the end before the beginning, but now we now have to catch up to that which he has spoken over our lives. We, he has already professed that we shall have all and more than enough. He's already professed over our lives that we shall be more than conquerors. So now he allows us to go in situations where we don't feel as if we're conquering. We don't feel as if we have more than enough. We don't feel as if we shall not want. He tells us about his divine ability to heal, but he allows us to go to the place where we might get sick and we need to identify, can he really still heal? Can he really still be the God that he promises that he is or the God that he promises that he can be? Can he actually do the things that he said? Can he actually carry out that which he has promised before the foundation of the world? Or does he have to go back to the drawing board? See what the enemy's plan is to use the age of Abram, I'm 100 years old. To use the age, Sarah, I'm 90 years old. And he allows what we see, he allows what we feel, the weakness that comes with age, the inability that comes with age, God is able to override that. He laughs at the fact that God tells him that he's able. He laughs at the fact that God tells him Sarah Womb still has life in it. He laughs at the fact that God is still trusting him to carry out that which he has called him to carry out. In, in Genesis chapter 16 and Genesis chapter 15, we see Abram wrestling with the fact that he has slaves in his house. He has all of this good stuff that God has blessed him with. He's blessed him with cattle. He's blessed him with land. He's blessed him with financial stability. He's blessed him with people. And he's arguing with God. He says, I still have a problem because I have nobody to leave it with. So are you the God that lies that you would bring me out here, give me all of this stuff, allow me to get old, and then deny the son that I have out of wedlock? Are you the God that, that you might have forgotten that you have given me this promise? You might have forgotten because I'm getting older and I won't be able to do what you said that I would going to do. But that only happens outside of the scope of his divinity, because age and limitation only happens to outside of the will of God, outside of the scope of his ability. If he said that it will come to pass, it doesn't matter how old you are, Abram, it's going to come to pass. If he said that this is what your future looked like, it doesn't matter what is in front of me, my future will come to pass because he places me under divine 
function. It is not regular. It's not even premium or athletic. It's divine. Wants them to go into circumcision. The New Testament, the circumcision is of the heart. This is one of the problems of the early church is that the early church had a problem because this covenant is eternal. That every eighth day, the male shall be circumcised. Every man after that generation. This is an eternal covenant that he makes with Abram concerning what we would now birth out of Abram, the children of Israel. And this is why the Israelites and our Jewish brothers and sisters continue to do this ritual of circumcision. So what happened now in the early church is that this became a hotbed of contention because when God in Christ started calling the Gentiles into Christianity, what we now call Christianity, which was then called the followers of the way or the followers of Christ who said, I am the way. So they were called the followers of the way. When they came into Christianity, although they were old and older gentlemen, the Israelites, who were the first early church, was arguing that these new Gentile converts needed to be circumcised. And the Gentile converts were saying, we're not going to be circumcised, because that wasn't the covenant that God gives with us. The circumcision now happens in the heart of the believer. And Jesus says, you did not get it. You're still holding on to the rituals and the routines that only was a foresight or a foreshadow of things, which was me. I am the fulfillment of the circumcision. I am the fulfillment of the seed. I am the fulfillment of all of the divine promises that God made throughout all of the generations. They all pointed to me. As you call Abraham father, but Abraham calls me blessed. You call Moses father, but Moses bowed down to me. So this is the spirit of the divine contract. As I said before, the divine contract was not just looking in the moment, but it was looking down through 40 and two generations. The divine contract was not just looking at age. It was not looking at physical limitations. It's not looking at my health. It's not looking at any other thing that might be limiting me from pressing towards the mark of the high calling. It doesn't matter my social status. It doesn't matter my financial inabilities. What matters is that when he calls and when he makes plans, when he says something is going to happen, it shall come to pass. It doesn't matter what it looks like, it shall come. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but if he has said that you are healed, it doesn't matter what the doctor says, healing shall come to pass. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. If he said that you'll build a business, it doesn't matter that the credit score is not where it needs to be. It doesn't matter that you don't have all of the tools and all of the nuances to build. What matters is that he spoke it and it shall come to pass. What we have to do is begin to identify within our mind that he is able to do it. Can we, should we be like Abram and fall on our belly and laugh? Or should we hold fast to the faith? That's why these stories are in there so that it can show us that we have an opportunity to either trust 
or not trust. The opportunity to be transformed by the renewing of our mind or to stay where we are. I choose to be confirmed. The renewing of the renewing of the mind. Abram has to have his mind renewed. Has to have his mind renewed. Falls on his face. And he laughs. And said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah, that is 90 years old, bear? Listen to his limit. Oh, that Ishmael might live before me. And God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear a son indeed. You shall call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him. Everlastingly. And with his seeds. Don't just get caught up in what we see. Don't just get caught up in what you feel. Don't just get caught up in the circumstances of today. I used to wake up first thing in the morning and I would turn on the news and each story is systematically placed to keep me interested in watching. But they use satire, they use fear-mongering, they use all of these things to, to keep you listening and to keep you looking and to keep you intrigued and interested. It doesn't benefit us to start our day off by listening to that because when we start our day off listening to that, we are conditioning our mind to be depressed, conditioning our mind to look at the death scene, conditioning our mind to see the UFOs, conditioning our mind to hear about President Trump and all the things that he's going through. So our minds are being conditioned by what it is that we are feeding it. So we start our day, we drink our coffee, we now have all of this stuff in front of us, five people died, a car accident, gas prices, and all of these things feeding our minds, fueling our day, starting us up. When we we have a hard time. Air quality, bad. This is bad. Economy, bad. This is bad. And it, it fights against that, which he speaks over there. That those who are weak say we are strong. Not look at through the lens of the reports that are in the world calling out our weakness calling out our indebtedness, calling out our feebleness. So in renewing the mind, I have to now start to think of myself in a different way, looking at myself through a different lens, connecting myself in a way that will help fuel the thing that's inside of me instead of depleting it. Instead of falling on my face, laughing at God, I have to say, Lord, I trust you. Instead of bringing him the problem, I have to say, Lord, you promised that I shall not want. I have to remind myself of the promises that he gave. Yes, I'm 100 years old, as Sarah's mind. Seems as if stuff that you are calling us to do is impossible, but with divine contracts, that would seem impossible now, but 
Bible says, be not ye weary in well-doing. You shall receive if you faint not. And everything around us is causing us to want to faint. But we have the ability. We know the end of the story. We know that eventually Sarah has a baby. We know that eventually everything happens. But as we look at these stories and as we try to execute them, when we try to exegete them, when we try to look at them, the divine contract that he goes into with Abram, he bets on himself. He banks on his word. Abram is wrestling. Abram is compromised. Abram is looking at everything that was wrong and everything that could be wrong and all of the excuses that we build in. And we are, have been building in excuses while we continue to live beneath where God has called us. Building excuses of why we continue to struggle in our addictions, struggling in things that we like. We know that food is not good for us, but yet we built in excuses as to why we can't stay away from it. We know that those relationships, those people are not good for us, but yet we still build in excuses as why we go around. We know that when we interact with certain things, it hurts us and it depletes us and it makes us go backwards, but yet we still engage because we want to win them over when God has called us into something better. No, we have to have a better financial plan for ourselves. But yet we spin and we consume. We're not prepared. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, yet we always seem to be in need. How do we tap into that which he has called us to tap into? How do we stay connected to the contract? How do we stay connected to the terms and the conditions? How do we now carry out that which he has called us to be, even though it seems as if it can't happen? You notice he is not calling. And when you look at scriptures, he never goes into covenant. He never goes into contract. He never goes into calling. He never goes into beckoning. He never goes into moving and things that are already simplistic. What makes it divine, what makes it unique is that he brings us into conditions that seem to go against all our, and yet we overcome. Moses is at the back end of the mountain and he's running, Pharaoh's on one side, water's in front of him and he's, whoa, what are we gonna do? We're at the sea, are we gonna drown? No, just lift up the rod that's in your hand. The sea opens up, according to scripture, they run through, the enemies are drowned. Elijah is laying there hungry in, in, in the middle of the desert and famine has hit the land and he's on the run and he's afraid and he's fearful and he uses the mouth of a dirty raven, water from a dirty brook, food from a pot of a woman who says, this last piece of cake is for me and my son, and then we're going to die. Multiplies. Mary goes into town. Here's a vision from an angel saying that your womb is needed to carry our Christ. Behold, a woman shall give birth with no seed of a man. This disrupts all scientific notions. This is not an avatar. This is a Christ. And unto us, a child is born and unto us a son. Is there anything too hard for John? 
Can he not make the tail of a mule talk? Can he not allow three Hebrew boys to survive in the furnace? Can he not, through his own divine prerogative, raise up a son that dies as a perpetuation for our sins? Not with some power, but with all power to redeem us and collect us as if we were his own. Bring us into divine fellowship. What a fellowship, what a joy divine. Why do we hold our heads down when he's given us so much? Why do we wrestle for joy when the joy that we have, the world didn't give it in the world? Why do we struggle in our faith when he's promised that he'll never leave us nor forsake? Why don't we pray when he says he wants to answer our prayers? Why don't we think higher than we think when he says, I'll give you exceedingly and abundantly above what you ask or think? Why don't we think so low of him as if he's a man? That he can't heal? My body? That he can't bust me through my limitations? That he can't help me? and bless the works of my hand, that he can't take the little loaves and the little things that I bring to the table and enhance him with his divine connection that he can't take me, take you to another level. He does so through the mind. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. I challenge you that over the next few days, I challenge you is that you start to work on your mind, start to reflect on how it is that you want to see your life shaped up, start to reflect, forget about what they said. What do you think about yourself? Understand that you're divinely connected and that you're in divine contract. Then you have no sense of laughing at what it is that he spoke over your life. you got to start to believe it. And such a man thinks so he becomes challenge you, those of you who might be wrestling in your health, think of yourself as being whole. Those of you who might be wrestling in your relationship problems, think of the relationship as fixed. Those of you who are building business and building commerce, think of it as being built already, act as if it's already done. Speak those things that are not as though they are. Stop speaking negative over your life. Stop speaking negative over the things that you're engaged with. Stop speaking negatively over the things that God has entrusted you with and use words that will bring life I come that you might have life oh god why, why wouldn't you take Ishmael this is what I have to offer sometimes what we have to offer sometimes what we have to bring to the table is just like look when you go into divine contract signs seals and delivers because he's not as we go to our close, remember that the scriptures are all predicated around seed. Here is Abram and Sarah wrestling over the seed. Land, he promises his rule, and land. We're going to look at that next week. And a blessing. Seed, land, and a blessing. So if you have a chance this week, read Genesis chapter 17. Read Genesis chapter 18. 
read Genesis chapter 19 and 20. There's a few um, scriptures and just let it resonate with you so that as I'm referencing, um, you can understand where we're going. Let us pray. Lord God, I thank you for all that you have done, all that you will do, all that you have promised. Thank you that you're not a man, but you are God. And when you call us into something, you call us knowing the outcomes. We don't know. We have to live it out. We have to walk our way through it. We have to navigate through trials and tribulations, the ups and the downs, the enemies that you have promised to make our foot to. We have to navigate through the storms and the terrains, but you promised that you will be with us. Friend, that's the supposed to be working out. Oh, God, we trust you with your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God and amen. Thank you all. Those of you who are um, listening to us on Listenable, God bless you all. Have a good day. Y'all can unmute yourselves. At One Ministries, we believe that giving is an essential part of our faith. As it says in 2 Corinthians 9-7, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. We are dedicated to serving our community and making a positive impact on the world around us. Our wellness ministry provides essential resources to help young people learn how to be flexible both physically and mentally. We also work hard to feed those in need and bring valuable virtual content to the masses, but we can't do it alone. As a non-profit organization, we rely on the generosity of people like you to help us continue our important work. Your contributions go directly to funding our programs, expanding our reach, and making a difference in the lives of those we serve. If you've been touched by our message, inspired by our content, or impacted by our work, we invite you to give generously today. Every dollar counts, and your support will help us continue to serve our community and fulfill our mission. To give, you can use our cash app at dollar sign one ministries, our PayPal at one ministries, or or visit our website to donate securely. And remember, as it says in Luke 6:38, give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Thank you for your support and may God bless you abundantly as you give. Thank you for tuning into the One Ministries podcast, where we strive to bring you inspiring messages, thought-provoking discussions, and practical insights to help you grow in your faith and live out your calling as a follower of Christ. We hope you found this episode helpful and we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast to stay connected and receive future episodes directly to your device. You can also follow us on social media and visit our website to learn more about One Ministries and our mission. Remember, we are one body with one mission and one purpose and together we can make a difference in the world. So go out and live your faith boldly, love others deeply and make an impact in your community and beyond. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to having you join us next time on the One Ministry 